this every week and just there's something that I want to pull up on Bible CC later so instead of looking at oh, nothing I'll yeah so let's all go to Jonah I thought maybe we'd read through the entire book just so we can like get a, an overview of everything that's happening and then we can discuss chapter one. Yeah. So we're doing one Well, we're reading one through four, but then we're just going to discuss chapter one. But I think it would be good to read the entire book because it's only a page long. We can each take a chapter, or, or, you know, whatever. Just so we know everything that happens from beginning to end, and I think having the entire story will help as we discuss each chapter through the week. So I can, I'll start, I'll read chapter one. I'll do two. Eight to three. Okay. <laughs> I pass. Chapter 1. The Lord's word came to Jonah, Amittai's son. Get up and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their evil has come to my attention. So Jonah got up to flee to Tarshish from the Lord. He went down to Jaffa and found a ship headed for Tarshish. He paid the fare and went on board to go with them to Tarshish, away from the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, so that there was a great storm on the sea. The ship looked like it might be broken to pieces. The sailors were terrified, and each one cried out to his God. They hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to make it lighter. Now Jonah had gone down into the hold of the vessel to lie down, and was in a deep sleep. The ship's officer came and said to him, How can you possibly be sleeping so deeply? Get up, call on your God. Perhaps the God will give some thought to us as us, so that we won't perish. Meanwhile, the sailors said to each other, Come on, let's cast lots so that we might learn who is to blame for this evil that's happening. They cast lots and the, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they said to him, Tell us, since you are the cause of this evil happening to us, what do you do, and where are you from? 
What's your country, and of what people are you? He said to them, I am Hebrew. I worship the Lord of the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were terrified and said to him, What have you done? The men knew that Jonah was fleeing from the Lord because he had told them. They said to him, What will we do about you so that the sea will become calm around us? The sea was continuing to rage. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea, then the sea will become calm around you. I know it's my fault that this great storm has come upon you. The men rode the, the men rode to reach dry land, but they couldn't manage it because the sea continued to rage against them. So they called on the Lord, saying, Please, Lord, don't let us perish on account of this man's life, and don't blame us for innocent blood. You are the Lord. Whatever you want, you can do. Then they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased its raging. The men worshipped the Lord with profound reverence. They offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made solemn promises. Meanwhile, the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Jonah prayed to the Lord his God in the belly of the fish. I called out to the Lord in my distress, and he answered me. From the belly of the underworld, I cried out for help, and you have heard my voice. You have cast me into the depths of the, in the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounds me. All your strong waves and rushing water passed over me. So I said, I have been driven away from your sight. Will I ever again look on your holy temple? The waters have grasped me to the point of death. The deep sea surrounds me. Seaweed is wrapped around my head at the base of the undersea mountains. I have sunk down to the underworld. Its bars held me with no end in sight. But you brought me out of the pit. When my endurance was weakening, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you, to your holy temple. Those deceived by worthless things lose their chance for mercy. But me, I will offer a sacrifice to you with a voice of thanks. That which I have promised, I will pay. Deliverance belongs to the Lord. Then the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah into, onto the dry land. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim, it, and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming, Forty more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on a sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne took off his royal robes, covered himself with a sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the kings and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. Jonah, this seemed very wrong. He became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is why I tried to forestall by fleeing the Tarshish. 
I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, the God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it's better for me to die than to live. The Lord replied, is, right for you. Is, it, is it right for you to be angry, as I say? Jonah went out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter sat in its shade, waiting to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a board to make it grow up over Jonah to get shade for his head to ease his discomfort. Jonah was very happy about the board. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm, which chewed the board so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided the scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. And God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the Lord? It is, he said, I am so angry I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this Lord, though you did not tend, did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. Should I not have, should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people? Not till their right hand from the left, and also many animals. So a lot went down in four chapters there. Yeah. Something I caught, and I think between chapters one and four, and so on. The way it says in line, that all it says is this, but Jonah apparently born in the Tarshish. It doesn't tell you why. It doesn't tell you anything about him being afraid of the end or mm-hmm. not wanting to save him. It just says it. And then you go to chapter 4. Okay. And. Uh, Explain You find I can't hear anything yeah. in my ear. <laughs> yeah, when it you mean when it talks about how this is why yeah, I fled? It's yeah, second I think it's verse two in chapter two. He said he said I he prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is why I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. But it doesn't bother to tell you that in the first chapter. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I just found that really weird. You don't tell you that until the end. That might not be the singular reason why he didn't go either. After like doing some research into Nineveh. Um, well, I'll get into that. <laughs> but, you know, what's interesting um, about the timing of this is... You know, every Sunday before everyone shows up for church, I try to find, like, a live stream of worship and just play it until people get here. Well, on Sunday, I decided, well, I'll stream Shane's Church, Louisiana. So, you know, I stream the worship, and I just left it go for, you know, he got up and started preaching, and, of course, his topic was Jonah. <laughs> and, you know, so, obviously, I listened to it. And kind of gave me a, a different perspective than what I've been working on in the past 
couple of weeks some things that I'm not sure I agree with him on. Other things that are like, I didn't even catch that myself. Mm-hmm. So I did add some of his, like the things that I took from his sermon and kind of threw them in as notes. Um, but one of the things that um, kind of his main point, which I'm struggling with, is that he, yeah, he calls Jonah the like a legendary loser. I don't know if he caught any of that at all. And while I agree to some point, because obviously, like in this story, he's whiny and disobedient and ungrateful. Um, but. Jesus has something much different to say about Jonah. So I thought we could read what Jesus had to say about Jonah and keep that in mind as like a counter to him being such a loser. Um, so and I'll just read it. It's in Matthew. It's also in Luke too, I believe, but I'll read the Matthew version. Matthew what? Twelve. 38 to 41. So it says, At the time, some of the legal experts and Pharisees requested of Jesus, Teacher, we would like to see a sign from you. But he replied, An evil and unfaithful generation searches for a sign, but it won't receive any sign except Jonah's sign. Just as Jonah was in the the whale's belly for three days and three nights, don't like this translation because it calls the the great fish a whale. No, I'll tell you why I don't like that later too. (laughs) Just as Jonah was in in the whale's belly for three days and three nights, so the human one will be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. The citizens of Nineveh will stand up at judgment with this generation and condemn it as guilty because they changed their hearts and lives in response to Jonah's preaching. And look, someone greater than Jonah is here. Um, and I'll stop there. So Jesus right there is basically telling everyone that Jonah was the greatest other than him. Jonah's like number two on his list. And what was that, Matthew? What? Twelve. 38 through 41. Because of him, the citizens of Nineveh will stand at judgment and condemn Mm -hmm. this generation as guilty. Like, that's it. Right. I mean, there were a lot of prophets to come before Jesus. And he chose to compare himself to Jonah. Yeah. So he can't be too much of a loser. Right. Wow. I forgot. I didn't even remotely remember that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) To be honest. Yeah. yeah, I remember. I only remember the part about the three days because I always remember like Jonah was in the whale for mm-hmm. three days and Jesus mm-hmm. like, right. says that he'd be yeah. in the earth for Does three days. Terrible? But you don't think of like I don't really ever recall. Mm-hmm. And that's really like this passage is why I wanted to for us to study Jonah because there's so many parallels between. <laughs> bless you. Bless you. Oh, there's so many parallels between. The story of Jonah and the story of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought it would be 
cool to just like get into that and, and you know see what the similarities are there and like that, that just that just reminds me of like just think of like King David mm -hmm. and like how he messed up really bad mm -hmm. but then he was still called a man after God's own heart yep it's like that sometimes people you know I mean, a lot of people see King David is a good guy for the most part, but it's only that one thing necessarily. Mm -hmm. But like a lot of people would see Jonah as a less helpful, yeah. <laughs> and they don't see the good. Mm -hmm. You know, it just kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, like Jesus goes out of his way to compare himself to, not compare himself, but like to well for David, a man after my own heart, and Jonah. Like it's just an, it is interesting how he uses people who aren't like the religious leaders and stuff to compare to. It's the people who mm -hmm. screw up, but still. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so this is, I don't, this probably isn't really um, really relevant, but Tarshish is believed to be the same as Tarsus, the city that Paul came mm -hmm. from. I wondered about that. Something about like just through the Language. through the time, how like names change through time and like gain different spellings and stuff. Okay, so let's go through one through three here, um, verses one through three. So the Lord gave this message to Jonah, Amittai, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh, announce my judgment against it, because I've seen how wicked its people are. Jonah got up and went the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. So, one reason that I think Jonah may not have wanted to go to Nineveh is that uh, Nineveh is actually modern-day Mosul, Iraq. Oh. Which is kind of like the birthplace for terrorism. Mm. Wow. Probably wasn't a very pleasant place. Right. So he is, Jonah, told to go to a city filled with probably terrorists. I mean, all through history, if you look at that area of the Middle East, it's just... Riddled with yeah. Footnote that goes along So it wasn't a wasn't a uh, pleasant, pleasant place. place. 
and also um, I learned from Shane that Jonah was the only Old Testament prophet who was asked by God to preach to Gentiles. So it was in Jonah's logical mind, like it wasn't something that you would do. Because you only preach to the Jews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So in, happen to me if I do go there. Right. So in Jonah's mind, he may be thinking that that isn't really God's voice. So I need to get away from this. Yeah. So Jonah decides to go in the opposite direction to um, with Tarshish, right? So if he would, from where he was, where from where he lived, Nineveh was only five hundred miles. Oh. Tarshish was twenty five hundred miles, in the opposite direction. Mm. How bad he wanted to. Yeah, so he was running. Uh-huh. <laughs> running cross country. That's a long hike. Yeah. Even today, it's yeah. a long hike. Well, and it's so. Um, I don't want to seem misleading, but like he says, oh, he went to Nineveh. Mm-hmm. But unless you do that research, you don't realize it. Right. Like, I don't know how mm-hmm. far everything is. And that, those are the notes I have for those three verses. What, do you guys have any? This is neat how like my Bible actually gives me like a little map mm-hmm. that shows like how far. Yeah. yeah. yeah Twenty five hundred miles here. is a lot, but you don't you don't. See it on the map, and it's like, oh, okay, because it says in the footnotes that they're saying for Tarsus, they said about um, perhaps the city of Tart, as they say, Tartessus in southern Spain. So it says a Phoenician mining colony near, I can't pronounce the word, near another place. But heading in the opposite it's funny like how God can give us a direction that's on it's like right in front of us it's like right there it's, he he makes it easy for us and and we go 2500 2500 miles. <laughs> miles in the opposite direction just to get away from it you know I wonder how far along he was before they threw him overboard mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Probably 2,198 miles. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. So, so close. So, Brandon, you were saying about uh, being comparing Jonah with Jesus, and um, where's where is it? Like five, six. Where, um, where he lays down and falls to sleep, and they're like, well, mm-hmm. I mean, this is exactly what the Lord exactly. did during the storm. I mean, that's, <laughs> Matthew 8, I mean, that is, like, I'm not good at reading between the lines, but that, you know, definitely kind of smacks you in the face. Yeah, yep. you, can't not, you, can't, you can't not see that one. Let's turn there. Yeah. That's in my notes. Yeah. Matthew eight twenty three. So in Jonah it says, the Lord, uh, verse 4, The Lord prepared a powerful wind over the sea, causing 
a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this, he shouted. Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Matthew 8.23. Or no, what did I say? Yeah, you're right, you're right. 8.23? Mm-hmm. Oh, because I'm looking at 9.23. Jesus got into the boat. His disciples followed him. A huge storm arose on the lake so that the waves were sloshing over the boat. But Jesus was asleep. They came and woke him, saying, Lord, rescue us. We're going to drown. He said to them, Why are you afraid, you people of weak faith? Then he got up and gave orders to the winds in the lake, and there was great calm. <laughs> it's like the same story. Yeah. <laughs> so, so do we think that um, in Jonah... So, okay, so in Matthew, Jesus says, you have little faith, why are you so afraid? It's like he got up and he's like, guys, seriously? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do we think that in Jonah, that that's why Jonah just stayed below? Because he's like, I know the Lord's doing this and he's going to see us through it. Like, I'm just going to sleep. Like, is that what we think? And so, like, all of his other shipmates were freaking out because they didn't know they were praying to their gods because they didn't know it was God. But Jonah did, so Jonah was just like, I'm going to chill. I know. I wonder, too, like, why he was. Mm Because it doesn't really say. It just says that he went down to the hold of the vessel to lie down. It was deep in sleep. Like, it doesn't say. And he was calm because he trusted in the Lord to. You know what I mean? Meanwhile, there's, like, chaos up on deck. They're throwing stuff Mm -hmm. overboard to lighten the the load. And they're like, but you're not. He went below deck. Where he laid down, he fell into a deep sleep. Or was he, like, just running that? I kind of like took notice to how um, the last resort to the to the solution to these guys was prayer. Mm-hmm. They did all that other stuff. They did everything else to try to fix it on their own first before they realized, hey, maybe we need to, like... Pray. Yeah. But... Even though maybe not to the right God. I was going to say, like, like God's is lowercase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a lot of my, you know, until the... Yeah, no. And, well, at the end, it, it says the Lord, so it's not even God. But, mm-hmm. yeah. but, but like, still, the hu- like, the human response is to try to fix it on your own. So then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why has this awful storm come down on us? They demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? Jonah answered, I am Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. But why did you do it? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, him, what should we do to you to stop the storm? 
Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. There's so much right there. Mm -hmm. There's so much. Okay, so lots. Is that just like drawing the short stick? Mm-hmm. I think so. I know. Like, casting lots. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. It's like drawing the short so stick. So obviously God had it all planned out that Jonah would get the short stick. Right? So... What jumped out to me when we read that was um, when when they identified Jonah, they said, um, what kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? And from what people are you? And he said, to answer all that, I am Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven. So what kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? Like, he's saying, I'm a worker for the Lord. That's mm -hmm. what he was saying. I thought that was, that was neat. Like, he didn't, he didn't say, I'm a, I'm a, carpenter. I'm a carpenter. I'm a blacksmith. I'm a, mm -hmm. I worship the Lord. <laughs> Something that sticks out to me is verse 10. Um, when it says that they were terrified, said, what have you done? The men knew that Jonah was fleeing from the Lord because he had told them. And it just, like, it makes me think about, like, how we, that's why we have to be, like, like, people listen to us. Mm -hmm. Like, when we, when we yeah. say stuff, like, it, he probably could have said anything to them, but they remember that he was fleeing from the Lord. You know, like, they remember that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then so they think, well, and it just, it, right on. It's interesting, too, because, like, they're praying to their gods, lowercase g, but they remember hearing that he was running from God. So they're clearly noticing that his God has power. Yeah. Because why else yeah. would they ask what he's done to, like, mm -hmm. kick off the God? Well, and then at the end, in 14, they're pleading with him, you know, Lord, don't let us die for taking this man's life. And they're pleading with God, Big G. Big G, Big G. I'm kind of like questioning where Jonah's head was yeah. Yeah. here because it seems like he's still trying to get away with it mm -hmm. because he's, he's obviously there with them while they're casting lots, already knowing that he's the one that's mm -hmm. like going to be called out. Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't tell them. He just lets them go ahead. Uh -huh. Like he's not and, even up front about it. Yeah. Like, Almost like, what? so what if he didn't draw the right, short right, stick? Right. Because I just looked this up and it says, um, well, basically it said that or casting of lots in which an outcome is determined by means that normally would be considered random, such as the rolling of dice, but are sometimes believed to reveal the will of God or other supernatural entities. I mean, this isn't a biblical right. answer, but so basically it was random. Mm -hmm. Most people thinking, it's mentioned so many times in the Old Testament, So it was completely random. If you want to call it random. Or it was God, you know. 
coincidence? Yeah, probably I think so. Probably a coincidence. But like, how far would a Jonah have gone? Like, mm -hmm. if he wouldn't have uh -huh. drawn that short stick, would he have well, allowed someone else to die? Right. To continue in his running. He seemed pretty determined to just keep. Mm -hmm. I don't see you. You don't see me, God. And then you you have to think where. So like he tells them to pick him up and hurl him into the sea. Mm -hmm. So like was that because he was trusting that God would rescue him? Was it because he knew that he's the cause of it? So he just wanted to die to save them like what well I mean so here's where reading ahead kind of like helps yeah, because right. in at the end of chapter 4 he's just saying it'd be better if I was just dead yeah, anyway right like so was that what he so maybe right. that's what he was hoping for like that maybe if I yeah if I <laughs> if I die then I don't have to go to Nineveh because right. I'm going <laughs> to go there and die anyway right. It's just interesting that he says that the sea will become calm around. I don't know. It's just interesting, the whole... Well, it's also interesting that he makes himself the solution to the problem. Mm -hmm. Again, like the other guys before were trying to solve the problem on their own. Jonah is also saying... I'll solve it. I'll solve the problem if he just... Throw me overboard. But you know what? That's parallel to Jesus. Because mm -hmm. Jesus put him, like, Jesus was the solution to their problem. Right. Too. But he was legit a solution mm -hmm. to the problem. He was the legit. It's just another parallel to it. Like, Jonah thought he was a solution. Jesus was the solution. <laughs> I, there's just a lot of, I'm like, a theme in this chapter is man trying to solve the problem on their own. Is what I keep seeing time after time. Because, like, if we go on to verse 13, here we see it again. So Jonah tells him to throw him overboard because he's the solution to the problem. Instead, the sailors rode even harder to get the ship on to land. But the, but the sea was too violent for them and they couldn't make it. So there again, the guys are thinking, I'm going to beat this mm -hmm. on my own doesn't work <laughs> and they cried out to the lord jonah's god oh lord they pleaded don't make us die for this man's sin and don't hold us responsible for his death oh lord you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons and the sailors picked up jonah and threw him into the raging sea and the storm stopped at once the sailors were awestruck by the lord's great power and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him now the lord had arranged a great fish to swallow jonah and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. So here's like the first amazing miracle of the story is the whole ship crew got saved. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Jonah being a butthead got a lot of people saved, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Like, in a, in a matter of minutes, they were praying to false gods, God. and now they're... Praying to the God. Yeah. They're all converted. Mm -hmm. 
So to that point, how many people could do it? Well, and then to a point I wanted to make, which I heard Shane talking about. Yeah. It was up here. Were you going to talk about it? Yep. Because okay. he said a few things that I am also struggling with. Okay. <laughs> I was up here and I could hear it through the... Mm-hmm. So, so here's something that <clears throat> is like a new concept to me. I don't know if, like, how many of you have ever heard Jonah preach before. But the story is always about Jonah. What can we talk about the perspective of, of the other people on the boat? Mm-hmm. What's going on in their heads? Well, like this, this outsider just got on their boat. I'm assuming this is probably a, a fishing boat, maybe. He paid a fare. Or a merchant ship or something. Yeah, yeah he, paid. he paid a fare. Like, oh, yeah, he not did. Have been or maybe it was a fishing boat that they were like, you can ride with us. Yeah, it'll cost you. Well, we got room. Mm-hmm. Well, the point I was going to make, so maybe you're not going to talk about it, was something Shane said, where he was talking about us, and he said something to the effect of, are we the Jonah on somebody else's ship? Like, are we the ones who are um, blocking... Well, not blocking, but because of us running away, we're affecting other people. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting. Um, so he was basically saying we need to take a look at the people in our lives and see who we need to throw over the, overboard. overboard. Or either we have people in our lives that are Jonah to us, or are we Jonah in other people's lives? <laughs> Which was an interesting way to look. Yeah, I have to think about that. Yeah. So the part, the part that he that has me struggling mm-hmm. is he said, "So how do I know who I should throw overboard?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. The people who annoy you the most. <laughs> no. <laughs> so where's the quote? I want to quote it correctly. How do I know who I need to throw off my boat? The person who is comfortable while everyone else, while everyone around, around. the person who is comfortable while everyone else around is struggling. You know where I'm going with this. Because Jesus was the one that was comfortable yeah. while everyone else was struggling uh-huh. in Matthew. Right. And you don't want to throw Jesus overboard. <laughs> no. <laughs> because, you know, like originally when I'm reading through this story or this chapter and I'm seeing Jonah sleeping, you know, under, under the ship, I'm, I'm thinking of a, a person who is has a piece of God on him. Mm-hmm. 
even in the midst of his disobedience, right. he trusts yeah. right. that God's going to take care of him. Right. I agree with that. While chaos is going on all around, all around. he's got the peace of God. Yeah. Whether or not that's what happened, right. that's what happened to Jesus. Yeah. And the parallel between Jesus and Jonah is so mm -hmm. similar that I'm wondering if that's what was going on with Jonah. Or if the opposite, like Shane is saying, is... You know, while everyone else around you is struggling, there's a dude over here that seems pretty comfortable. Maybe he's the problem. Mm -hmm. Or maybe there's something going on in his life that <laughs> he shouldn't be be around. I don't know. It's like a struggle in my brain. Because uh -huh. I know what he's saying. Yeah. But I'm not sure that I agree. And I wonder, too, if he even looked at the comparison between the two stories How or not. Probably just, not. Because it doesn't sound like he did. I mean, you he's know. He's coming at him from a different way. Yeah. yeah. He's looking at this story at a completely different angle yeah. than I am. I'm, you know. So I'm not saying yeah, I think he's wrong. I just right. don't know that. I don't know that I agree with it. Even in the midst of my, like, life when I wasn't focused on what I should be focused on, I still felt like I had peace. So I think it's possible to still have the peace of God on you even when you might be running. Mm -hmm. But then I also think to myself, I probably was Jonah to a lot of people who should have kicked me off of the boat. Mm -hmm. Because I was calm and not like... Does that make sense? <laughs> I don't know. It's like... Makes your head hurt. Yeah. <laughs> to try and like think about it in that just because somebody is calm doesn't necessarily mean that they're a problem. Mm -hmm. Because like you just said, like Jesus was completely calm. Mm -hmm. Well, and I'm just kind of wrestling with it wasn't the people on the boat that were causing the problems. Right. It was Jonah's actions or lack of actions that caused God to succeed. So, the people in my life that are causing waves, who I may perceive as not necessarily Christian, it doesn't mean that no. I know. It's a, I mean? it's a. Like, doesn't mean that if. I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I get the concept. I, like, I get what he's trying yeah. to mm -hmm. say, but, like, I don't know. I don't know. But I thought, like, when I heard him say it, I thought, that's interesting. Like, because I feel like whenever people say, like, there's somebody that you probably should, whatever, like, usually people can think of at least one person in their life where they're like, yeah, they might be the cause of some of my problems. You know what I mean? Like There are certain people there that, are, certain people are that, toxic. Yeah, that are yeah. But I don't know if that's what he's trying to get at. I know, like, I don't know either. Because I, <laughs> like, throughout the last couple of years, I've recognized a lot of those people and, like, had to 
can't always. get away from it. But then, but then, what if, what if by doing that, you're taking away the possibility of them seeing the Lord's profound reverence and then missing out on that? <laughs> because had he not gotten on this boat, then they would not have ever seen that. Mm-hmm. Alrighty then. <laughs> wow. Am I ruining all of your childhood like vacation Bible yeah, like, school like, Jonah story? We don't talk about the code of many colors, but I'm fine. That's Joseph, yeah. The funny part though is um they like pay not that much attention to the fact that he was in the belly for three days and three nights. Like Okay, that's in chapter two. No, right? Yeah. Because like, mine ends and it just says, then he's in the belly. Yeah. Cliffhanger! Yeah. <laughs> um, there's something, I mean, are we, are we good to move on from? Yeah, please. Please. <laughs> now that all your, your brains hurt. <laughs> something that's really cool in verse 17 says, meanwhile, the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. The word provided there? I wanted to pull up Bible CC and show you something. This is pretty neat. That's pretty neat. Can you, yeah, can you see that? No. <laughs> now with my glasses, I can. I should be able to, but no. The word of the Lord. Okay, I can see that. Uh, Why is it so small? Before I had glasses, I wouldn't be able to see it. I got glasses. Read it away, Bob. Yeah, wait. I need glasses. Mm, let me pull thinner linear. Oh, gosh. Why is it doing that? really have to click through every... Well, at least what I have to do is click once for every single one. God's making... Okay. God's making your work. Here's where this word prepared. God had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. The Greek word. Can you see that? Manna. Ah. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Which is a type of smaller food. That's what he provided. That's what he gave to the Israelites as they went through the desert. It says though. I wish I could. To count number reckon. In the corner, can you zoom in? Somewhere in this corner, there should be a box that you click. It's not a MacBook. It's not a. Oh, look at that, Bob. Hey, I can read that. I stand corrected. (laughs) Booyah! 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll be here all week. Well, not here, I'll be in my apartment all week. Well, but see the appoint, appointed. Is that the same manna? Good grief, so glad I don't need to read Arabic every day because it's so Greek to me. Well, I mean, even. Not, Maybe it's not the same manner. But even if it's not, it's still kind it's of still cold and it's... It's a type of small fish. So Wikipedia says M-A-N-N-A or M-A-N-A is the edible substance that God provided for the Israelites. But that's M-A-N-A-H. Let's see what it says. So how want to hear... Why it's wrong that it's a whale? Because <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm not really worried about whether, whether it's a whale or a big fish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what, what the argument is. Okay, <laughs> my, that's my, that's the last my last argument. Jonah and the dolphin. <laughs> He's talking down about that. Jonah and the shark. Oh, I had another. I did have another. Um, good. Um note here on why storms may come. Why does God send storms? Sometimes storms are sent to realign our spiritual path and keep us from going too far from what he's called us to do. So like literally Jonah was going 2,500 miles in the opposite direction and God sent a storm to stop him before he got way too far. So, like, when storms in our life come and we're wondering, like, what the heck is going on? It could be because God's sending a realignment to put us back, knock us back onto the right path. There's a song, like, after we're done that, I think we should play that just fits this really well. I'll tell you later, though. Okay. There is a relevance to the use of the fish. Are you familiar with the word ichthys? I got it on me. Yep. Ichthyology. So the ichthys, ichthys is the Jesus fish. Okay. okay. Ichthys. Ichthys is the Greek word for fish. The word was made into an acronym or a word formed from the first letter of several words, such as ichthys compiles to Jesus Christ, God, God's Son, Savior. So in a sense, the great fish, because in most translations it calls it a great fish, which also is interesting because they refer to God as the great I am. So in a sense, the great fish that swallowed Jonah could actually have been Jesus himself. Or even as a, as a symbol of Jesus as the fish saved Jonah from perishing. Also interesting that scripture refers to the fish as the great because the God is also referred to as great. I am. So the fish 
in the Greek, the ichthys in Greek, fish, is actually like other words for Savior and Jesus Christ and God's Son. So the fact that God sent a great fish, not a whale, is very like symbolic of Jesus coming to save. Also, an interesting, another interesting side note is um, that the Jesus fish is synonymous with house churches. It was a it was a common symbol used to identify that there was a church in this and house. They put it on their door yep. frame or something. So people would put a Jesus fish on their door frame outside, so people would know that there is a church inside oh. the, the house. Wow. That's what whenever anybody sees us, they say, "Oh, that's a Jesus fish." Like, <laughs> 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly oh. right. Well, that's, that's why. I, that's why. That's why I always get mad when people call it a whale. <laughs> well, my vacation a whale is a, a whale isn't a fish. So that's all I have for uh, chapter one. Anyone else have any uh, anything that stands out to them? Want to add, comment, Tune in argue? Week, folks. <laughs> Tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. I think it's, <laughs> you talking about I think it's interesting. <laughs> um, like I totally wasn't thinking of this when I was driving home today from work, but like the song "I Surrender" that we sang. Like, what are those words? Like a rushing, like a mighty wind, Jesus stir within, like a mighty storm. Like, just thinking of, as I was singing, I was like, oh, wait, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> Jonah today. Like, it, so it kind of goes along with your storm, but like, mm-hmm. it's interesting. I like that. That's all I have to say. It's funny because, like, before Jesus. you explained that to me, it was always easy for me to think, because I would always think as as the fish is a bad thing, because it being in like the stomach of a fish would not be Pleasant. a good place to be. But I'm like, wait, I guess the fish technically did save him from drowning. It had to be I because I completely forget about that. Oh yeah, he's out no, in the Mediterranean no. Sea. Maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> that wouldn't happen. Like you don't think alive. of it as it being a provision. Yeah. <laughs> So, Which kind of goes along with the whole manna thing, yeah. because but God provided, provided. the pro- provisions that the Israelites right. needed. Although, like I've heard the like the the literal translation of manna is, "What is this?" <laughs> right. So it probably was unrecognizable to yeah. people, but it was s- sustenance that they needed. Mm-hmm. It's what they needed to survive. Yeah. God sent what they needed to survive mm-hmm. in the form of food. In this case, God provided what Jonah needed to survive, which was a fish. So my question is that it says that when Jonah jumped out of the ship, the seas were calm. Mm -hmm. For the people on board, he he said, you know, trust me, I'm God will do it. But when he was in the fish, were were the seas still raging for him? Like, and like... Like, you know what I mean? Like, in my head, I saw, I saw, like, on the top part of the sea where 
everything was calm, but then mm -hmm. I saw Jonah and the fish under. Like, is it still turbulent down right. there? I guess that's my question. Mm -hmm. And maybe mm -hmm. since yeah. he was grappling with, I'm not following you, God. <laughs> so maybe that's why God gave him that provision. <clears throat> that's how I saw it. Mm -hmm. He does kind of describe a little of what he went through in chapter 2, so mm -hmm. next week. Yeah. It's good. Cool. Good stuff.